1: Hey, this is Annie and Samantha, and welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. Another month, another update, because news doesn't stop, surprise, surprise, and it <laughs> seems to be happening, a lot of things happening very quickly. I feel like, yeah, things are changing very quickly, and so therefore we've got to keep up. We do. And for our March update edition, we are going to touch briefly on things around sexual assault and death. So quick trigger warning there. And we're going to timestamp it because things are happening so rapidly. And uh, just so we're all on the same page here, if you listen to this and you're thinking, what? Right. It is March 10th, 2020 as we record this. Right, and
0: obviously there's a lot happening with politics right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if you haven't been keeping up at this time, Warren, Booker, Buttigieg, Klobuchar, and Bloomberg have all dropped out of the Democratic primaries, leaving Sanders and Biden at the helm. And right now we know that Buttigieg, Booker, and Harris have all endorsed Biden with the idea that he
1: is the most moderate, quote-unquote, or more likely to be elected. Right, and we did want to focus specifically on... Elizabeth Warren dropping out and this narrative that we heard a lot from pundits and from other politicians that she was mean or angry. And so prior to her dropping out, there was a lot of talk about the erasure of Elizabeth Warren in this presidential race, especially as it progressed um, and how that in part led to her dropping out. And this was something I definitely noticed for sure she wasn't even mentioned in a handful of national polls about presidential matchups, despite finishing before some of the other male candidates included in those matchups. Her campaign even addressed it in a message to supporters. And the viral hashtag President Warren started trending with supporters questioning the lack of coverage on her. And yes, there are plenty of factors at Play here. As always, it's hard to just point to one single thing in these complex systems, but certainly her gender was one of the things at play. There was the assumption that she can't win, even though we know Hillary Clinton won the popular vote, a record numbers of women winning in 2018, in the 2018 midterms, and Warren herself having a record of winning races. And as I typed this, which I think was two weeks ago, I started typing this, so at the time, I didn't know this was going to happen. Right. But as I typed it, the hashtag WarrenDropOut was trending on Twitter, and of course, she did. As you listen to this, she has left the race.
0: Yeah, after winning zero states on Super Tuesday, which TLDR... Look at me, I'm trendy. Yeah. Is when Americans in a handful of the states can vote in the presidential primary. Elizabeth Warren announced she was going to drop out in exit polls. Many said basically, quote, I'd vote for a woman, just not Warren. Sounds Sounds familiar. familiar. Sounds very familiar. Um, And... When asked about the role of sexism in the race, she said, if you say, yeah, there was sexism in this race, everyone says, whiner. If you say, no, there were no sexism, but a bazillion women think, what planet do you live on? And she joked about her electability on SNL and a lot of late night monologues about her campaign mistake of, quote, not having a penis.
1: Yeah, yeah. I saw saw a lot of jokes about that following her dropping out of the race. An exit poll a while back found that only 4% of the respondents in that poll rated Warren as likable, the mysterious likable. They gave Kamala Harris 5%. Wow. (gasps) Meanwhile, both Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders poll over 20% uh, likability. Despite a history of getting elected again for both of these women, the, the electability question when posed towards women who have this history of being elected but told, no, a woman can never win, just baffles me. Trump commented about Warren dropping out that she (laughs) was mean and people don't like her, (laughs) that they want a person like me. I'm not mean. And then he got up abruptly and just left. Mm. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, these critiques are something we're, unfortunately, very familiar with, of being too mean, too angry, in Warren's case, especially towards (laughs) Bloomberg in particular, oh, no, she was mean to him. <laughs> Right. I will say not too—like, people were upset that she was mean because,
0: you know, no woman should be mean ever. But right. most people were like, yeah, nah, he kind of deserved it. <laughs> she did, did not <laughs> she hold back. She did not hold back. No. Um, and in this time frame, people are also now—and I say now as in the last few days as she has exited the race, people are, are now angry— that she's not endorsed anyone, that she was fake and didn't care about the bigger picture and was divisive and selfish, quote, in even pointing to the fact that her being on shows like SNL is selfish and how dare she do something besides campaigning after she was repeatedly scolded for not dropping out
1: immediately, mm-hmm. which I find tiresome. I do as well. And speaking of Bloomberg, kind of related, we did want to talk about, the whole issue of the NDA and accusers. Um, And I did want to touch on this because it's relevant. After a series of gaffes, news pundit Chris Matthews resigned. And one of these gaffes that recently caught our eye has to do with Bloomberg and these NDAs. In the wake of the most recent Democratic debate, Elizabeth Warren sat down with Chris Matthews and he asked about these NDAs. And he grilled her on the NDA and um, the case she cited during the debate, asking her, you believe that the former mayor of New York said that to a pregnant employee? To which Warren replied, well, a pregnant employee sure said he did. Why shouldn't I believe her? Matthews looked visually flummoxed at having the question flipped. Their conversation continued with Warren discussing pregnancy discrimination and mistrust of women, culminating in Matthews demanding, why would he, Bloomberg, lie just to protect himself? And Warren said, yeah, why would she lie? The look on his face, it was just total shock and bewilderment. Like, it never, literally never occurred to him that that could be the case. And this in the face of so many patterns... Sworn testimony, a witness, and Bloomberg's telling history. Right,
0: and again, about the NDAs and his refusal to release people from the NDAs, which makes you question a lot in itself. Um, And even in the debate, Gail Keene asked Warren what proof she had, and Warren responded, incompletely, her words. Mm -hmm. But she was being treated as though she made the allegation and the burden of proof is on her. Again, this is public information, Right. Reminder.
1: Mm hmm. And somehow I missed this tidbit from 2016. Oh, did you? Yes. I did not know this. Chris Matthews just got on camera uh, joking about slipping Hillary Clinton, quote, that Bill Cosby pill I brought with me. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Not creepy at all. Mm hmm. This has gotten me thinking a lot about women and lying and perceptions of women and lying. And I really want to do a whole episode on it and the default assumption that women must be lying, especially in the case of if a man, it's a he said, she said, she must be lying. And I, I recently had a major panic attack a couple of weeks ago about everyone thinking that I'm a liar and no one believing me, especially if a man's involved. And it freaked me out. Right. And it, it's something I I know we all hear that. We talked about it on the show all the time. But just having that moment of that people are just going to kind of assume, oh, yeah, she's the liar. She She must be. So just recently, and on a kind of
0: related thing about lying, Duffy released in a statement about her being gone from the music world for a while now in which she publicly stated that she had been raped, she had been kidnapped and raped and assaulted. And that's why she's been gone and she's been ruminating some things and she finally had a sit-down interview where she talked about it. And the many comments of critics saying, yeah, but why did you wait till now? Are you sure this is one word against another person? Like just going after this musician who all she really said, she didn't say anything about who it was in that statement. She didn't say anything about details, that she just, you know, needed time. And this is why she's been gone. And she's been working through some things. And people were attacking her on her social media saying, pretty much calling her out as a liar saying, prove it. And it's like, if she... Has been gone. She has been obviously gone from social media and the music scene. And she comes back with, This is why. Why is the first reaction from everyone to be like, You're a liar unless you to- show us video, essentially? But not even that. Show us as if we had been there, then we're not going to believe you. How dare you ruin a person's life whose name was not mentioned at that point in time? Yeah. And I'm speaking of, I guess, believing and trusting women, and yes, again, we know some people don't love our conversations on stuff like this, but the current state of reproductive rights is something that we have to be following and look at today. So June Medical Services, LLC versus Russo, which is currently in the Supreme Court's which is a new case created by the state of Louisiana, which requires doctors performing abortions to have admission privileges at a state-authorized hospital within 30 miles or 48 kilometers of the abortion clinic. As in Texas, which they tried to do this as well with the Supreme Court case, Whole Women's Health versus Hellerstedt, which was struck down as unconstitutional in 2016. Of course, we know some things have changed, but... The same law limits the care to one single doctor in the state as other doctors had not yet gained admission privileges or are outside the given range, which makes it really difficult to get these types of services and could be
1: a big conversation of the threat of Roe versus Wade. As of now, the decision has not been made yet, but it is a very tense moment of what is happening with the state of yeah, Roe versus Wade, with the argument seemingly looking kind of like the previous case of whole women's health. But now with two brand new conservative justices on the bench, one who made a name for himself with the anti-abortion stances and loving beer and having (laughs) tantrums and being angry. And what was his friend's name? I, I forgot his name. <laughs> Squee? <laughs> I think it might have been. <laughs> it seems anyway, married. it's sad, but yes,
0: we must find humor where we can. We can. So if you're taking note, um, Ginsburg and Sotomayor have been key justices in opening up the real dialogue behind the reasoning of this Louisiana law. And at this point, it seems Justice John Roberts may be the one to make the overall
1: decision. So that's kind of an overview of what's happening in our very tumultuous Political world right now. But there are other things happening. But first, we're gonna get into a quick break for a word from our sponsor.
2: Gotta tell you about Best Fiends. It's a game pretty much everybody's talking about. Morgan number two plays this sometimes before we start the show. You know, it really challenges your brain with the fun puzzles, but it's also a very casual game, so it won't stress you out which is perfect these days, right? What's great is you can use the game as a way to connect with your friends and your family all while social distancing. The game is so much more than your average mobile puzzle game. It's five-star rated with over 100 million downloads, thousands of fun levels, and tons of characters to collect. You know, there are new in-game challenges and events every month, so the game's always fresh. You'll never be bored with it. You can even play the game without using Wi-Fi. So, here we go. You don't want to miss out on the game. Join millions of Americans and a lot of us here on the show who are already playing this fun puzzle game, download Best Fiends for free on the Apple App Store or Google Play today. Just go over there, hit download Best Fiends for free, Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Check it out. I do think you'll like it. Friends without the R, Best Fiends.
0: This episode is brought to you by Quip. When's the last time you got rewarded for brushing your teeth? With Quip's new Smart Electric Toothbrush, good habits can earn you great perks like free products, gift cards, and more.
1: The Quip Smart Brush for adults and kids connects to the Quip app with Bluetooth, so you can track when you're brushing, get tips, you can earn points, and you can redeem those points for rewards.
0: Already have a Quip? Upgrade it with a smart motor and keep the features you know and love. And beyond the brush, Quip has everything you need to build a complete routine equal-friendly solar battery charger to power your equip equipped with sunshine, and the refresh bag to bring you good oral care habits everywhere you go.
1: Plus, you can get brush head, toothpaste, and floss refills delivered from $5, and shipping is free. How smart is that? Start getting rewards for brushing your
0: teeth today and go to getquip.com slash mom right now to get your first refill free. That is your first refill free at getquip.com slash stuffmom spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash stuffmom. Quip, better oral health made simple and rewarding.
1: And we're back. Thank you sponsor. And we're back with some other relevant stories that have happened recently or are continuing to happen. Just to add to our updates about Harvey Weinstein, he has been sentenced
0: and surprisingly 23 years. I'm not going to lie. I did not expect that. I didn't either. I honestly thought that it would be so short
1: sure that it wouldn't we would just be he would just be at home. I didn't think anything was going to happen, for one, but it is in a weird place of feeling like not enough also. Right,
0: (laughs) right. right. That's still like, yes, there's justice in that he actually got a longer sentence than expected, Mm -hmm. but not as long as it should be because he also didn't, they didn't find him guilty for a chunk of the charges that was filed against him. I'm really interested to see what would happen in L.A. However, it was reported that he had a mild heart attack. After the sentencing and that he is in the infirmary at Rikers, but I don't think I've seen anything else on it. And on that also just the many celebrities and the many women who have been a part of this conversation about, Weinstein have made comments, including Mira Serena, who said, 23 years, Harvey Weinstein has been sentenced to 23 years in prison for his crimes of rape and sexual assault. I literally cry tears of amazement and gratitude that the justice system has worked on behalf of all of his victims today. Rosie Perez also said, 23 years, convicted and sentenced. Today, the world shifted that much more for justice. May my dear friend Annabella Esquiora and all those brave women continue to heal and finally find some peace with this victory. Hashtag Harvey Weinstein's guilty. And if you remember, she actually um, was a character witness for Annabella at the trial. Rose McGowan also tweeted, who was one of the big voices during this time, mm-hmm. let us be free. So there is some small bit of justice, but again, it's kind of like still. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. There's still a little bit of that, but it wasn't enough um, in comparison to the many of lives that he has harmed. But hey, we'll take the justice where we can, right? Right. And with that, unfortunately, this is a little more of a downer, but we could not go on and not talk about the transgender Puerto Rican woman murdered for using the women's bathroom, Alexa Ruiz was killed a few hours after someone called the police on her for using a woman's bathroom at a fast food restaurant. A video was uploaded, and if you do decide to watch it or find it, it is really heartbreaking and triggering. So just to put that out there, uh, it showed her being targeted, and, and they assumed it was when she was murdered. So far this year, there's already been two deaths that's just been reported. And that's, again, reported that we know of sure. that was specific to being transphobic deaths. And I'm and that's, again, what's being reported out there. Uh, and this was, again, when we were researching this, what, two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, last year there were 26 deaths of um, transgender or gender nonconforming people in the U.S. due to violence and a majority of them being made up of black trans women mm-hmm. and people of color. So I think it's just really important that we recognize the tragedies of what is happening and the fact that the rights of these people are being ignored and oftentimes dismissed um, with the fact that they are transgender or gender nonconforming. And unfortunately, having these moments, which is super sad, and I'm, I'm sorry that it's super sad, but it's a reality, mm-hmm. and we need to recognize it as a reality and then have a conversation and, and at least talk about it and mourn with the community that this is such a horrific horrific, painful part of their lives. Mm-hmm. And I think we can't ignore that and we can't pretend it's not happening just because we were sad.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. Yes, absolutely. And that's um, an episode we want to do in the future. Right. And um, if, if anyone listening feels like they have any good connections or someone we should talk to about that, please send them our way. Um, but in the meantime... We did want to touch on International Women's Day because that was a couple days ago as we record this on March 8th. The year's theme was I Am Generation Equality, Realizing Women's Rights. Some marches across the world were met with violence, like in Pakistan, with men reportedly angry by the march's slogan, My Body, My Choice, and there was violence with the march in Kyrgyzstan and in Turkey and Chile, there were confrontations with the police and these marches. Several marches were canceled because of concerns around COVID-19 slash coronavirus, but one one picture I found that I really loved was in Paris. The march went on as planned with several women dressed as Ro- Rosie the Riveter but with yellow cleaning gloves. <laughs> <laughs> it actually looked really good. Yeah. In Mexico, the day was followed by a women's strike in protest of the violence and sexual assault faced by women. According to government stats in that country, 10 women are killed a day in Mexico. Mm. So that is... Another, quite a huge problem (laughs) that we need to be talking about. Right. Um, If we move on to culture, some things that are happening in the entertainment world. A couple of weeks ago, an opinion piece in the New York Times called I Don't Want to Be the Strong Female Lead, written by Britt Marling, went viral. I can always tell when something goes viral in in our kind of wheelhouse because I'm not on social media that often, but all of a sudden I'll get 20 texts. (laughs) Have you read this? And then we'll be at work and we'll get a bunch of messages. You should talk about this. And one was this article. And she articulated a lot of things I've been grappling with recently and have even tried to say on this show, but I don't think I said it as succinctly as she did when it comes to what we mean when we say strong female lead. And often what we mean is women with masculine traits. Right. So they're stoic, violent, angry. These feminine coded traits are perhaps seen as in makeup or clothes. But other than that, when it comes to a strong female lead, are erased. Right. That's a generalization. It's not in everything, of course. But that has been something I've struggled with where when... I hear. Oh, it's a strong female lead and then you go and essentially violence is really what it means. Yeah. And or I being loud. Yeah, argumentative for some reason that's it is volatile. It's these things we associate with men and that's fine. Like there's a space for that to exist. Right. Absolutely. But it's I struggle to think of a strong female lead that is really feminine. Right. And I do think that is changing. We're seeing some versions of that. But we need to continue. (laughs) Right. You can be, there's plenty of feminine strengths. I don't know why we have to dismiss them all the time. Well, I do, but it's. I'm glad it's changing. It is changing for the better. Oh,
0: and then unfortunately in the news of why the hell is this happening, the lawsuit filed uh, for the U.S. women's soccer team for equal pay, the employers of the U.S. women's national team argued recently that the team should not received the same pay as a men's team because, quote, the job of a men's national team player carries more responsibility within U.S. soccer than the job of a women's national team player. And there was an indisputable science that women biologically were less skilled than men, so therefore should be paid less. Even to the extent of questioning the female athletes about how strong they were or how fast-slash-slow they were in comparison to the men. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. How many have they won again, those men?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Indisputable science. In the beyond infuriating nuances of this lawsuit, apparently trying to change the narrative, the U.S. soccer president tried to claim they sent an offer with the equal pay structure of men this year... But it was from 2011. Right. Yeah. And just a reminder, the U.S. women's team has made more of a profit since 2015 than the men's team. We've talked about this before. Mm. Uh, Yeah. And as International Women's Day was March 8th, the event She Believes Cup was held from March 5th to 11th and this is an event hosted in the US for many of the amazing female athletes in the soccer community. Joining the US are the teams from England, Japan, and Spain. Yeah, and while we're speaking on the subject of sports,
0: a huge shout out and congrats to Heaven Fitch from Ashboro, North Carolina, who as she put it and we would absolutely agree, dominated in her state division becoming the first female to win an individual title in wrestling, in high school wrestling, and garnered Most Outstanding Wrestler Award in that division. So shout out as she has become an icon for so many. Yeah,
1: congrats. That's awesome. And we do have not one but two Tampon updates. What? I (laughs) love those. Yes. Uh, So first, Germany. Recently, the tampon book by a startup focused on sanitary products called The Female Company, that's what the startup is called, debuted in protest to Germany's 19% tax on tampons under the umbrella of luxury goods. Books are taxed at 5%, if you're curious. Inside the cover of this book, readers we'll find 15 tampons. And the book is priced at little over 3 euros. So the first run of it sold out in one day. The second sold out in one week. This was a part of a push to educate people about the tampon tax and pressuring the government to lower that tax. And if you're wondering, it is actually a book as well. The Plot Traces Menstruation from now all the way back to Biblical Times. And this is a really interesting take on that whole conversation around the tampon tax because the fact that books are taxed at a lower rate right. than tampons and the fact that it's sold out so quickly, mm-hmm. and I would assume some of that is novelty, but I would assume some of it is it's cheaper to buy the book than to buy tampons. Right? Um,
0: is that going to be on our future feminist book club list? (laughs)
1: You know, it
0: certainly could be. Just saying. So, meanwhile, Scottish Parliament passed the Period Products Free Provision Scotland Bill in February 2020, the first of three steps to becoming law and making Scotland the first country to offer free sanitary products to those in need. Woo! And this following another first, the adoption of making free tampons and pads available in schools and universities. Alice Johnstone, a member of Parliament, said, is seen as a necessity, but period products aren't. This is so often characterized as a woman's issue, but it's not. It is a social justice issue, an equality's issue, and a rights issue, she said. It is estimated that a woman will, over her lifetime, spend approximately 5,000 pounds on period products. Being financially penalized for a natural bodily function is not equitable or just. Being unable to afford or access period products denies women access to education, work, sports, and so much more. True,
1: true. So this is this is the first in three steps. I obviously perhaps am not super familiar with how Scottish Parliament works, but so this is a big, it's a big step, but they right. do have two more steps before it becomes law. So right. we'll be keeping an eye on that. The European Union has vowed that period taxes will be phased out by 2022 and just to note some money from period taxes does go to charities and organizations based on helping women so that is something that'll need to be addressed for sure and then finally I want to talk about the dictionary Yeah, you wow. <laughs> I'm so excited about this because you all know I love language and there's language news <gasps> yes because the Oxford English Dictionary recently got called out for their sexist language and the definition of women, or specifically the synonyms included. Okay, here you go. Are you ready? Ooh, ready. Bitch, maid, peace, bit, mare, baggage, and in the similar word section, popsy, chick, bent, wifey, and wench. Examples of usage include, God, women, will you just listen? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, one of the definitions of men (laughs) reads, A person with the qualities associated with males, such as bravery, spirit, or toughness. So, a little different there. Yeah. A petition calling for the Oxford English Dictionary to change the definition has over 32,000 signatures. When I first wrote this, it was 30,000. Now it's 32,000. Mm. Uh, this is important too because Apple and Google use the Oxford English Dictionary as their source. So, this impacts search results. Right. That's huge. I'm going to say the per-
0: first person that calls me a piece is going to get <laughs> smacked in the face. <laughs>
1: We don't condone violence, but we also don't condone calling anyone a piece. <laughs> what the hell? This is This a thing. Um, when you hear it, you think, surely. Nah. Surely this can't be true in our modern times. Like it almost seems like an urban dictionary level. Right, right. I mean, we don't even use most of these words anymore. Or mayor. <laughs> you don't want to be called a mayor? A bint, a wifey, popsy. I don't even know. <laughs> I'm going to call you a popsy because that's just fun. I've never heard that. Popsy. That sounds like a... That's a transatlantic, like a character. She's a, a spitfire in an yeah. old detective movie. Sassy. Popsy. Well, I am very excited to see where this goes. All right. And to see what the... If they do update it, which they absolutely should. Would what, recommend. Would recommend. That, yes. What words are they're going to update it with. Mm. We will see. Mm. Exciting language times we live in. All right. <laughs> well, that's all I have to say about language for now. But we do have some personal updates we wanted to share with you listeners. But first, we have one more quick break for a word from our sponsor.
0: This episode is brought to you by China. The China brand provides premium disposable tableware to celebrate moments of togetherness.
1: Yes, and right now that is more important than ever. Especially when we're all apart. So recently, I had a group, and we had a, a socially distanced barbecue where the host drew out circles in chalk that were nice. six feet apart, and everyone showed up with their own chairs and beverages. And it was really convenient to have disposable products. And we we just had a, a lovely conversation. Um, it was really fun. Yeah,
0: and I'm, with the disposable products, I know that the China Brand provides durable and trusted products, which. I have used before that let you enjoy every moment of the get-togethers in traditional or now not.
1: And there are classic white products that can work for any gathering or cut crystal plates and cups when you want to make something a little extra special. Disposable tableware keeps things simple and cleanup easy. Chinet products are available wherever you buy groceries, including delivery or pickup. This episode of Stuff Mom Never Told You is brought to you by HelloFresh. Get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouthwatering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking fun, easy, and affordable.
0: And while we're under a quarantine, I will say HelloFresh has so many recipes. It's been wonderful because it gets me out of my rut and I'm able to try new recipes instead of my same old, same old.
1: And they offer contactless delivery to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family so you don't have to have those stressful meal planning and grocery store trips. Even better, HelloFresh's pre-portioned ingredients means there's less prep for you and
0: less food waste. So if you're ready to try some of the delicious food from HelloFresh, go to hellofresh.com momstuff80 and use code momstuff80 to get
1: a total of $80 off, including free shipping on your first box. That's hellofresh.com momstuff 80 And use code MOMSTUFF80 to get a total of $80 off and free shipping on your first box. Additional restrictions apply. Please visit HelloFresh.com for more details. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. And as you might know, especially if you follow us on social media, Samantha and I... Have been on some trips recently. It's true. It's true. So, Samantha, you went to Orlando. I did go to Orlando without you. Felt really, really odd. I even
0: made a statement. So, we had to do a panel with Holly from Stuff You Missed in History class and Ease from This Day in History class as well as Unpopular and, of course, our segment, Feminists First, and also with Anna Hosnia from Ethnically Ambiguous and produces like 10,000 shows over in L.A. Uh, We all got to sit down and have a keynote with Jessica from She Podcast, who was fantastic, and have a big conversation. But while we were there, I also did some interviews with several of the women who are attending the festival, PodFest, which I think I forgot to say. So, yes, we did go to PodFest, (laughs) um, which is a conference for media podcasters or those who want to be involved in podcasting. And so it was really, really interesting. I will say when we were on the panel, I did talk about how you abandoned me I did. And I felt very alone and scared. <laughs> you
1: were without your work wife.
0: I that exactly, is a frightening experience. That exactly was what I said. I was like my work wife is not here. I'm very upset with her because she's in Montreal. Yes. We'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> and the bitterness I carry, but it's okay. But yeah, it was really fun. And the people who were there were super amazing. Um so I got to meet several of those who are up and coming in podcasting world. I got a few T shirts. Ooh, so, how you know, many? I only got three this time. Oh
1: well that's, I think I got all the ones that were available except for couple. Samantha mm-hmm. and I, listeners, are notorious free t-shirt collectors. <laughs> they recognize us at podcast festivals. They did in this time. Is it only me? I, I think it was
0: you because it was also too close back-to-back oh, the two podcast sure. conference. But this one, they did. They re- The one that recognized you um, ran out of t-shirts all the time I got them, so I got a fanny pack from them.
1: Oh, mm-hmm. I'm actually wearing that t-shirt right now. You are. Huh. Well, so did
0: you have a good time? I did. It was nice. Um, It was very, very sunny, which was delightful because I have not seen the sun since we came back from L.A., essentially. It's been (laughs) raining
1: for literally forever in L.A. (laughs) Literally forever. But
0: yeah, so I did get to interview several women who were attending or a part of it, and I'm really excited to do that as an episode because we just talked about how this new medium, because we've talked about it before. I know that's one of the things that you and I talk often about empowering women, and since we are women podcasters, talking to women who are interested in doing this, talking to those who identify, as female or femme and those who are non-binary to become a part of this uh, community, how important it is that we bring in as many people to this new medium that does can make a profit
1: but also reaches out and, and gives you a voice. Right. It's very important to us. So I'm glad if I couldn't have been there that you were holding this minty torch. Yes. Yes, because while you were enjoying your son... I was in Montreal where it was no joke, ten degrees Fahrenheit one day. But then it it warmed up, so it was a did generally it. thirty degrees kind of situation. Yeah. Um. It did snow. There was so there was so much snow on the ground, just feet and feet and feet of it. Really? Yeah. See that when you sent me that picture, I'm like, I'm okay. I was not trying being
0: to make there. you feel you less were, bitter. Whatever. I was still a little bitter that I wasn't invited and loved as you, but it's okay. All right.
1: So I guess to backtrack <laughs> to explain why in the world I was in Montreal, you may remember from our episode a couple months ago on women in puppetry that our guest, Louise LePoint, invited me to the 15th edition of the Castelier Festival in Montreal. And right. this happens a lot where it's it's I kind of assume it's similar to conversations that you end with a polite, oh, yes, we'll definitely hang out again, but you know in the back of your head, Probably not, but she totally (laughs) followed through. So I went to Canada for five days, and I saw over a dozen shows, puppet shows. This festival perhaps obviously is focused on puppetry. Right. Right. Um, And I had an amazing time, and I met so many amazing women. I would say it was definitely predominantly women.
0: Did you also go for the bagel?
1: You know what, I missed that bagel thing, did you? Because i as I've said before on this show, i time has lost all meaning to me, right, and I thought that the bagel thing so i there was also an invitation, since I am on a food podcast as well, to come and have smoked salmon, and Montreal has their own type of bagel, right. Um and that was the evening before the festival started. I thought it was on the last evening, so I stayed an entire night after everyone already <laughs> left. I was by myself in Montreal and very sad that I didn't get to try all of the salmon. I did try it on my own, but I'm sure it yeah. wasn't as good as um what Louise and her sister throws this party before the festival every year. Um she Louise is my hero now. She I love her. Oh, she was fantastic. I thought we wanted. Yeah, oh, you might have. apparently. Apparently, That's maybe next time. <laughs> um, and my favorite show that I saw was one that used these tiny little figurines to tell the story of a difficult journey of a group of refugees mm. that plays out on the performers' bodies. So it really got me thinking about how we objectify people and like right. the fact that it was playing out That's on fantastic. them. It was really awesome. good. It was really good. There was also a, a puppet made of ice. Damn melt. The, well, that was the whole point. Oh. There was like a time constraint of oh. it's melting. Um, so that makes me nervous. Well, I think that was part of the whole thing. <laughs> part of the whole thing. If anyone's curious about that or any other shows I saw, because I did see a lot and I could keep going. Um please email us. Happy to share. Also, it sounds like we might be speaking at Dragon Con about women oh, in puppetry. In puppetry? Yes. You're going to be speaking about that, right? Not Probably me. Probably me, but
0: we'll see. Like, like, like I know we're doing something, but that's not our panel, is it? Mm-mm. No, yeah. Our
1: Mm-mm. panel's going to be a little different, I think. If we have one. If we have this one. This is all in the works. Um, uh, But exciting times, exciting times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did want to put in there Yes. It was really interesting to hear perspectives from people outside the United States about the elections happening. That's here. the
0: one thing about the social media Twitter world when you have people talking about it and they're like, "What's going on? Why are y'all doing
1: this?" Yeah, people because there they were a handful of Americans, but it was mostly not right. Americans at the at this festival, or at least in the group of people I was with. Right. Um, and people would ask me questions like. My God, what is it like over there? Are you scared? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> It's not all of us, I swear. Um, so that was interesting. That is interesting. Yes. And then we wanted to include in here... Um, Wait, sp- we should probably say spoiler warning? Be, yeah, well, I think it'll be mostly spoiler-free. But if you're worried at all about spoilers... Any of, spoilers, ...of yeah. Birds of Prey, the movie... Uh, and The fab- Fantabulous Emancipation of Harley Quinn. You might want to shut it off now because we did want to give our brief review on it since we did a whole episode on it about a month back when it right. came out. And I loved it. I thought it was super fun and it yeah. was really colorful and visually stimulating. The acting was top-notch. I love the soundtrack. I've probably listened to yeah. it so many times. And it's all women yes. on the soundtrack. Um, The movie touched on so many issues that we've talked about before from everyday sexism I would agree with Yuan McGregor, (laughs) what he said about mansplaining all the way to sexual assault, Um, women in revenge, a lot of that, that kind of trope. And even specifically Harley Quinn's journey to becoming her own woman instead of just the Joker's girlfriend. Because it's kind of like a breakup movie. It really is. And she emerges. Well, at the beginning, for sure. Oh, sure. For her
0: tagline and her storyline, it is absolutely a breakup movie for all the other women is different portions of what it is, whether it's Rosie Perez saying, you know, stick it to the man after they screwed me over after so many times I'm done with this and this is how I'm going to take care of things, which could be that whole trope again about the revenge slash justice in your own hands type of level. And then you have the black canary who's finding her own voice, essentially kind of what she was doing from, being the stage singer and being the pretty girl in the club to coming into her own voice and finding her own voice. I think
1: it's definitely all along those lines. Yeah, and it was really fun to see a movie where it is mostly women kicking ass and, uh, you know, it's just little things that Hair-dicing. you don't... You don't realize that, oh, I've been missing this. Like when um, Harley Quinn offers Black Canary like a hair tie. It's phenomenal. And then there's a tampon joke, and it's just, you can tell, oh,
0: women were involved in all of this. Right, and then they also talk about the fact that her, and and this is something that we talked about at the original Birds of Prey episode, when we were talking about the fact that she changed her own outfit from what they wanted her to be to what she wanted, uh, Robbie. Margot Robbie, yeah. Yeah, Margot Robbie specifically did that. She's like, okay, I can be sexy, but I don't have to wear that stupid BS. Right. And I can make my own. You know, and yeah. that in itself is like, yeah, you can definitely see the difference mm-hmm. and the functionalities of the outfits, even.
1: Right. And sadly, um, my friend, I went to go see this with her after Smith and I saw it together and then I saw it with another friend of mine. She's really big on Reddit. Mm-hmm. And she told me afterwards how upset it made her because Reddit led her to believe it was this awful movie and it was of course. so, like, oh. social justice and terrible and <laughs> <laughs> it was very upsetting. Anything with social justice, everybody really gets upset about that right now. I'm like... They do. Uh, they don't They do. That. And you know, I want to underscore this. I think it was a really fantastic movie, but it wasn't like... it, And it doesn't have to be. That's the thing. It was just a right. fun superhero movie. I feel like
0: it's any like revenge or origin story almost mm-hmm. of who you've become. Any of them. Like, Batman would be the same level of social justice, so I'm a little confused, <laughs> I am as well. Like, he was literally vindicating his parents' death and then went to become this dark warrior to come and clean up crime. Yeah. That was his whole basis. So I'm kind of confused. (laughs) The difference? Yeah.
1: Well, it's because it's a man doing it versus a woman doing it. right?
0: But The thing is, like, even Rotten Tomatoes had given it a pretty high scoring originally. Not originally, but towards the beginning of when it was coming out as well as... I, don't think, I think it's lower on the IMDb, but I'm kind of confused why people didn't... Well, I'm not confused because we saw it very clearly yeah. on Twitter. Um when we were the, researching it. You yeah, know. how people just hated it and saying they weren't sexy enough, which, again, they're wearing tight leather. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought that just, was the dream. What? what, what the dream. <laughs> <laughs> Male dreams are like, yes. yeah, skin
1: tight anything. So, huh? Yeah. Yeah, um, it's unfortunate, and um, I hope that DC doesn't stop making movies like that because of that reaction, because we need to see more of that. Um, And (laughs) it might feel a little uh, hypocritical of me to be like, strong female women, always violence, and then I'm like, but I love this movie. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I, I just think there's a space for so much more stories with women in them and because we don't see them that often they get judged much more harshly or seen as oh it's just another one of this trope or what what have you right. so but also now you have your costume for dragon Con. i'm thinking about it i know i have this thing where i try to predict what the biggest costume will be every year and last year i had it nailed it you did, you did. i nailed it <laughs> um, but i definitely counted the entire time Steve from Scoops Ahoy from Stranger yeah, Things. Right, right, And also Midsummer. Um but yeah, I predict Birds of Prey will be a big one. It's gotta be up there. Yeah, yeah. But I'm also gonna do I'm working on a I'm working on a Princess Leia one. So Oh dear God. I have so many ideas. So many ideas. So many ideas. I love it. But in the meantime, (laughs) if any (laughs) listeners would like to send us their costume ideas, oh my gosh, I would love that. Or anything in the news we should include in our next update or do a whole episode on, please let us know. Did want to include in here, before we wrap everything up, for our next book club. Woohoo! Yes. We're doing Ash by Melinda Lowe. Yes. Um, I've had this book forever and have not read it yet, so I'm very excited. Yes. Yes, so if you want to read along, participate, send us your questions, send us your thoughts. Yes, and our Feminist Movie Friday will be A Girl Walked Home Alone at Night. Yes, So in honor of International Women's
0: Day slash month, say all the things.
1: Yes, so some homework for you, hopefully of the fun variety. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And if you have suggestions for what our next book pick and movie pick should be, you can send them to our email and we would love to receive them our email is stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com you can find us on twitter at momstuffpodcast or on instagram at stuff Mom never told you thanks as always to our super producer andrew howard mm-hmm. and thanks to you for listening Stuff Mom never told you the production of iheart radio is how stuff works for more podcasts from iheart radio visit the iheart radio app apple podcast or wherever you listen to your favorite shows
2: Dear Rocker Season
0: 2 is a raw, honest, strange, and entertaining story about finding yourself in your early 20s and a lifelong relationship with music. It's hosted by me, Chelsea Erson, and is executive produced by Jake Brennan of Disgraceland. Dear Young Rocker comes to you from Double Elvis Productions and iHeartRadio. Listen to Dear Young Rocker on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: The Gold Club was the top strip club in Atlanta in the 1990s, with patrons like Dennis Rodman, Michael Jordan, Madonna, the King of Sweden. But in 2001, the club was put on trial with charges of prostitution, extortion, credit card fraud, racketeering, and an affiliation with the mob. I'm journalist Christina Lee, and I'll be taking you behind the scenes of the Gold Club scandal, from the booty and bubbly to the deceit and courtroom drama. Listen to Racket Inside the Gold Club on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts,
0: or wherever you get your podcasts.